All right. Dude, there's a solid 50-50 chance that a cop comes over. (laughs) (laughs) There's two guys in a lighted car on Earth. Oh, yeah, we are lit up like the 4th of July. Casually drinking. We'll talk about this in a second. It's Car Con Carne. That's entrepreneur slash author, Marcus Seiki, TV host. Uh, he, he's done lots of stuff. We're going to talk to him in a second. This is Carquin Carney. We're on Irving Park Road in front of Ritual Zero Proof HQ. Ritual Zero Proof, Zero Proof Whiskey, Zero Proof Gin. What did you make us? What you have there is Zero Proof Old Fashioned. Nice. Nice. Uh, you so got the cubes. A, you get the good cubes, too. You got the good cubes. Uh, that one is made with a mixer from our friends at Bittermilk, which make uh, prepackaged mixers, but it works just fine with simple syrup and bitters. There's a bite. There's a bite? Well, without a bite, you got fruit juice. I mean, that's. All right, well, we'll talk about this. I, right. I, I'm drinking zero-proof whiskey gun. on Irving Park Road. Carcon Carne <laughs> is sponsored by CNH Financial Services. I was talking to my friends at CNH just over the weekend. It is amazing to me. Restaurants, you can eliminate 100% of the fees from credit cards with CNH Financial Services. It's amazing. If you're tired of all your profits going to, toward paying expensive fees every time your customers pay with credit or debit card, this is the solution. CNH Financial Services, the fastest-growing financial services company in Illinois, as recognized by Inc. Magazine. Inc. Magazine, Marcus. How do you and, and their patented technology allows you to eliminate 100% of the fees. Noted. Uh, that's right, 100% of the fees. CNH will also upgrade your business to the industry's leading point-of-sale system to streamline every aspect of your business for no cost. Visit freeprocessingnow.com or call 855-600-2437, extension 999, and start saving money today. Are you ready to do this? We're already doing it. I think we're in. Uh, and you've got tonic water so we can do gin and tonic. Gin and tonic to back it up. Yep. So uh, Ritual is new. Like you just launched this this product line in September? Yep. Yeah. You know that scene in uh, uh, Christmas Vacation where he lubes up the sled before he takes down? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's been, that's been Ritual. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, this has been, you haven't had time to think. I, it doesn't seem I discovered you, I guess, relatively late. If you launched in September, I subscribed to Bespoke Box. Yeah. And I got their mailing. Bespoke's been great. Uh, first day of, of January. I'm like, what is this? Okay, dry January. Ritual. I see they they have this this set, which is, you know, they, they show the whiskey and the gin and mixers and stuff. I'm like, what is what is Ritual? So I started Googling you. I'm like, holy shit, it's a Chicago company. Right around the corner from you. It's Marcus Seiki. Yeah. Uh blew my mind that this was something born in Chicago. Then I started digging deeper. I'm like, oh my God, it's at my neighborhood Binnie's. The the Chicago Tribune wrote about it. Like, this has been just balls to the wall nonstop. It has been absolutely, absolutely on fire in the best way. Um, So, came on market in September. Um, Obviously, there was a long period of development before that. Uh, Ritual started in my kitchen. I'm a pretty passionate chef and I took a conscious break from alcohol uh, not because I don't like it but because I love it (laughs) that's why why most people actually that's why most people do Uh and I'm of the I'm of the mindset that if I take a conscious break that means I don't have to stop doing it uh, as opposed to oh I've hit a place where the rules say I must stop 
So I took a conscious break and I realized I was just more than anything. I was missing the, the, the ritual of it. Uh, I love the, the name because it makes so much sense to me. Thank you. That's it. I mean, it's like, it's the making of a drink. It's the sitting down with a book. It's the mm-hmm. pouring something while you cook. It's, it's the, the dinner dr- party. Drinking in the, in the glass. With it's the, the ice. good it's glass the, and the mm-hmm. ice that clinks against the side of it. That's that's a good half of this what is delicious. It's about. Thank you, thank you. I'm so thrilled to hear that. It does taste like whiskey. Now you're not supposed to drink this neat, right? This is. Oh no! You absolutely look. I like it neat. Um, the way we say it is much like its uh, counterpart. It neat is an, uh, an acquired taste. Okay. Uh, it took me years to realize how much I liked whiskey neat. The first time I tasted whiskey neat, I you know howled like a cat. <laughs> and who didn't out there, right? I mean, it, nobody's like, oh, that's home. Uh, it <laughs> it becomes just, home. <laughs> someone just messaged on on the Facebook live stream. Pace yourself, James. I'm good. Cheers. There's no I'm need. Gonna, I'm gonna pound this shit here on Irving. Park. Bang it out, man! I got another bottle in there. I mean, so you, you were on a break with with whiskey. Um, and you just, was it an idea, I just want to create this for my own enjoyment, or this is a business model? Like no, I, no, it was for my enjoyment. I And I like, I, I, I like making things. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a novelist. You're a creative type, I'm, yeah. I, I'm a cook. I made the, the conference table in our place in there, I made that. I, I just, I like making things, so. Now, traditionally, creative types like that make terrible businessmen. Yes, well, happily I have partners. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's always a good thing. Uh, and I'm not saying you are. I'm just, you know. I'm not saying I'm not, James. I may well be. Uh, no, it's it's great. It was founded with uh, myself, my wife, and one of my best friends, our best friends, a guy named David Cruch, who's a natural foods entrepreneur. Um, and all three of us have been friends for way longer than the business, and we'd lay in traffic for each other. So it, it's been a great start. Um, and... We officially launched in September, but between my initial idea and September uh, came 500 iterations of the recipes. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, literally 500 with more than Because you know, people, I, I feel like with a non-alcoholic, a, a zero-proof gin or a zero-proof whiskey, people will try it, but they're going to look for look for problems with it. They're going to look to be critical before they actually get to enjoying it. And I don't blame them. I, it's, I get it. And the way we look at it, I like to liken it to a uh, to a veggie burger, right? It's not a cow. There mm-hmm. is no veggie burger in the world that will fool you that it's cow. Right. That's fine. There's That's still plenty of mm-hmm. opportunities where a veggie burger is uh, a useful choice, the right choice, the choice you want to make. And yeah, that's where that, we are. Like, on that note, not... the quinoa cowboy veggie burger from Trader Joe's, delightful. Sorry, I, I tried that one. Yeah, it's delightful. No, I like uh, I like the little product placement there, though. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> James makes a quarter on every quinoa cowboy. <laughs> I do. Cheers, Trader Joe's. <laughs> so you were talking about like 500 different iterations to get it right. Yeah. Uh, how do you? It seems like whenever you create something, whether you're writing a book or doing anything, you have to know when to stop because you could probably just keep on obsessing and changing and tweaking things forever. You have to kind of know when you're at the point of diminishing returns. Yeah, well, and that's a that's a tricky one, and that is a good one for having partners, <laughs> for having other other viewpoints on. Um, but it, it frankly got to a place, it started in my kitchen. Quickly we realized we needed a lot more expertise. Moved on to working with some of the best distillers and flavorists in the world, like just flat out literally in the world. 
um, and went through hundreds of iterations with them. And there comes a point where you can feel the returns are diminishing. Mm -hmm. You can feel the curve leveling out. And we just knew it was good. I mean, it it, it had a, a taste and a nose and a burn that while it's not the exactly the same, it, it fooled you. It, it, it did what you needed. It, it falls in line with the ritual of drinking a whiskey drink. I, I like that burn. The burn is necessary. The, the burn, just speaking as a from mixological point of view, the burn is what makes it into a cocktail. That is the mm-hmm. spine of the drink. That's why drinks can be sweet, they can be sour, they can be bubbly, but they all have that spine. And when you lose that spine, that's when you know you've just been given a glass of soda water or right. a badly made cocktail. All right, so what is in here? We're, we're drinking the whiskey right now. We're drinking whiskey old fashions that you just whipped up at uh, Ritual HQ. I did. I mean, I, I'm sure it's like a, a special proprietary blend of uh, herbs and spices like the Colonel makes, but... Almost exactly like the Colonel's. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, if you like fried chicken, you're going to like Ritual Zero Proof Whiskey. <laughs> That's actually... Ta- like, I like that tagline. <laughs> Who doesn't like fried chicken? Exactly. Uh, the flavoring is all natural. Everything is all natural botanical flavors. Um, there are preservatives in it so that it can sit on your shelf, the mm-hmm. same as any other liquor. But other than that, it's entirely all natural. Um, and what we do is it's sort of like cooking, right? It's not whiskey with the whiskey removed. Instead, it's mm-hmm. building up towards the notion of whiskey in the way that cooking is you take the finest ingredients and you blend them with art and care. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this, we've got uh, we've got caramel and sure. raisin and sugar floss and smoke and mesquite. Um, we've got a number of other things, and then most important is the elements that make up the burn, which is uh, that was the hardest part of the recipe to crack by far because it's easy to make something spicy, but and I like I love spicy. Spicy makes me happy, but mm-hmm. uh, that's. Whiskey doesn't taste spicy, and we can't replicate the exact effect of ethanol on your tongue. But we could, with a really long development process, find a way to fool your tongue. So there are chilies in it, a couple of different chilies, but then there are things to counteract the chilies. There's spearmint and peppermint that cut it some. There's menthol. Um, You've got things like green peppercorns for a really fresh bite. You've got things like jambu uh, to add a little bit of tingle, which just takes the mouth for a ride. The goal, the way we always imagined it is our watchword is more, right? Just more. More in the glass, more taste. And that translates into the whole use, like more, 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 more life, more laughter, staying up later, hanging out with your friends, having another drink. Everyone who works here is a drinker. It's not about getting rid of alcohol. We think of Ritual as the perfect third drink, right? I get that. Like, okay, I got to go home at some point. But this way, not right now. Yeah, I can still be social. You can, can hang out another hour or two hours, mm-hmm. engage in the ritual, be strong and sober and good to go when the time comes. Yeah. Um, and it's nice. Like A lot of people are really self-conscious about an empty glass or a glass of soda water. For me, it's not self-consciousness. It's that soda water sucks. It's like, that's a lame, I'm a grown ass man. I don't, don't serve me a glass of soda water. There's only so much Diet Coke I can drink in one night. Again, grown ass man. Grown ass, that's me. I'm a grown ass man. So, the gin 
Mm-hmm. We're going to try that in a second. Indeed. All right, actually, let me backtrack. We, we talked about you creating this for yourself. At what point did you think, yeah, I got a business here. I, I, I could put, the, I could take this to market. Yeah, it was, it wasn't the plan at all. Um, I, I made it for myself because I, I wanted something that had that heat, um, and that just, that it was a fun challenge. Uh, and when I had something that was like, by today's standards, totally, can I? Can I swear here? It's a podcast. Totally fucking awful. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it was better than soda water. I shared it uh, with my best friend, who's now one of the partners in Ritual, who is a natural foods wizard and an entrepreneur in that space. And he just tasted it. like, that's a business. People need this. Yeah. And the thing is, it, it resonated because I had needed it. Like, I, I went in and created it because it wasn't there. Yeah, you know, because I wanted it. I a thing that let you feel like you were enjoying those same elements, the craft of making a drink. Right? That that's I get it. I'm passionate about that. Yeah, I, I told a lot of people about Ritual and told told them that I was interviewing you tonight. One thing that came back a lot was that the push for NA type cocktails or your beer very much in line with millennial thinking. Millennials yep. are really down with this idea of zero proof, non-alcohol. I find that very interesting. Like there's there's a whole generation that is fully on board with this. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I'm I'm not a millennial, so I I, uh, I find it fascinating. I think a lot of it, honestly, is um, the tip of the spear, though. I, th- I think they're the early adopters. Yeah, I, that's I, it. I, you know, I I think in truth. It's not that alcohol is going away. I mean, Jesus, I hope not. <laughs> like that is the last thing I want. You're an author. That, that's uh, fuel. You need that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think there is a, a movement towards more just conscious choice, conscious consumption, and wanting that choice to not suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think I think the millennial tendency to not drink. Um, it's not the tendency I grew up with, but I really I think what it is for the larger market is. They were ahead of everybody. That's a lifestyle that fits with the millennials. I really think the true market is is me. You know, mm-hmm. it, is you is is people. I don't know if you have kids. I've got a seven year old daughter. How old are yours? Uh, Eighteen you and thirteen. Eighteen and thirteen. Right. So you're still you're still in the mix. Right? <laughs> you know, it's, you got to get up with them and take them to school and hang out and oh, wrestle yeah. with them and play and you got morning meetings and. To me, that's that's the thing. You need your faculties. You need your faculties, but I don't want to. None of us want to give up that sense of um, of adventure and life, and that that little whiff at the end of the night where it's like, uh huh. I want to. I don't want to be responsible and go to bed. Right. Um, but I also don't want to drink club soda, and I also don't want to hurt tomorrow. That's it. And so it's to me that's a big way that it's useful. Another way, I tell you. Um, the split base cocktail, a low ABV cocktail. So you mix ritual with traditional spirits. Interesting. So you take something and, like. And do they mesh? Beautifully, gorgeously. I mean, what you do is you a cocktail like an aviation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lightweight in spirits, but there are other spirits in it. Gin is the foundation of an aviation. You replace it with our gin. It's alcoholic, sorta. It's got calories. It's like going to Starbucks Kinda. and asking for a half decaf cappuccino. That's you know what? Thank you. <laughs> Just putting it in coffee terms. Now, can I 
chew on a, a bubblegum cigar as I drink the whiskey? I don't see why fucking not. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to line up some powdered sugar and snort it, uh, knock yourself out. <laughs> well, let's try the gin. Uh, we have yeah. a fresh bottle here, uh, which, by the way, I mean, this is all part of the experience, right? The packaging. It just looks cool. Thank you. That's so, uh, you know, creative's my end, so I, I love it. It, it looks really <laughs> cool. Uh, I don't have nails. Is this easy to get off? Grab it and tug upwards. That's like a euphemism. One, yeah. Not the first person to say that in my car. That's, were most of them taped? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh. What do you think of the nose? Okay. Gin. Thank you, sir. All right. 500 iterations. So am I, am I pouring basically the equivalent of a shot here? Yeah. Shot a bit more. There you go. I should do it with limes, but uh, they were in the garage, and it's cold so in Chicago. It is. Uh, so we have frozen limes. Look at this. Gin and tonics. G&Ts in the car. <laughs> Usually a summer drink, but what are you going to do? I used to have a, a car dealership as a sponsor of the podcast. I could just picture them having a heart attack. <laughs> Losing your sponsorship uh-huh. on the... Uh-huh. We're just watching the money fly out of my bank account. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Thank Thanks Marcus. for having me. Truly my pleasure. This is so cool. Damn it. 500 iterations make good. That's really interesting. Does it strike you as right? Tastes like a gin and tonic. That's insane. The uh, gin has no calories at all. Um, okay. No alcohol, no calories. Dude. So this is really good, right? Thank you. And I again, I I love alcohol. I'm not trying to get rid of it, but another tool in the kit. Yeah, so you're you're at a party this summer. You're drinking gin and tonics all night. Time to time to change out at the end. The classic professional drinker's wisdom is: you have a cocktail and then a glass of water and then a cocktail. That's like the classic. Mm-hmm. Ri- what if you had a cocktail and then a ritual and then a cocktail? Yeah. Uh, all right, what's the bite? Same kind of concept for the bite on this? Yep, uh, the heat system is very similar, but the gin is aimed at being really herbaceous and refreshing. Um, there's mm-hmm. notes of uh, right, a cucumber this... and lime. Yeah, it really yeah. Tape, tops it. Um, fresh herbs, basil, parsley. It's all all natural botanicals. Everything in it is uh, distilled at the peak of its season and you know, very carefully combined. This is great. Thank you. Thank this you very great. much. I really appreciate that. So if, you, if you're just joining us, that's Marcus. He's one of the people behind Ritual Zero Proof. Uh, we just drank Zero Proof Whiskey Old Fashions. We are now drinking Zero Proof Gin and Tonics. Uh, these are outstanding. Thank you. This is so much fun. I'm having a ball. I Honestly, the only thing that's going to make this better is if the police come up, and I really hope I they do. It's I'm like surprised. I, I, I've done 300-plus episodes of this podcast. Never once. I mean, I've had bands play in the middle of busy streets inside the car. <laughs> no one bats an eye. Like, I, I'm sitting here with a, a glass of what looks to be a gin and tonic. I've got a bottle, even though it's tonic water, against the... Uh, I, I, I slipped out here on the ice with two bottles and four open glasses. And... Yeah, it looked like you were entertaining a large group yeah. when you walked out of there. This is This is really cool. So... We talked briefly about how things have accelerated for you. I mean, you've already 
got an investment from, is it Diageo? It is. It is. Uh, Diageo, uh, which is the world's largest distiller, uh, has taken a minority stake in the business, but in a very significant way, which is great because this this thing, uh, the Spirit Alternatives, it's not a trend. It's, it's mm-hmm. a movement. People want these choices. They want another tool in their kit. And mm-hmm. we are in the fortunate position of being the leaders in American-made spirit alternatives. There's no one else that does what we do. And now... It was new to me. When I saw it in Unbespoke, it was new to me. In a year, there are going to be a lot of other companies out there doing it. Um, But Oh, yeah. If something catches fire like this, I mean, look at White Claw. How many seltzer alternatives are there? Exactly. Um, And fuck White Claw, by the way. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) So does the infusion from Diageo, what does that enable you to do? Does it enable you to spread your marketing reach, your distribution, allow you to kind of develop in your non-alcoholic lab? Uh, it's it's really mostly about uh, reach. Um, we, we literally cannot make this fast enough for demand. Um, we, we have, our pain point from the beginning has been having enough product. Yeah, sure. Um, we are just now, literally in the last day or two, uh, accepted into all the total wine stores in America, which is 200 plus stores, national footprint. They're ordering a very significant order. Um, so we're what it lets us do is is spread out and get everywhere. That's great. It's, it's pretty exciting. So kind of, so I'll bounce around a little bit. You are a celebrated author. You have your feet in Hollywood. I've got to think you have no spare time to give right now. Like the the speed at which rituals taken off has got to put you in a spot where you're like, "Oh crap, how do I get all this done?" <laughs> well, uh I've always hated sleeping. Perfect. You're good. I've just always hated sleeping. I this whole notion that I got to give up a third of my life, you know, fuck off. <laughs> um, so no, it's it, it's been exciting, and they they feed each other. Honestly, it's worked really nicely in that way. I told you I like making things. Fair. And if you, if you don't really care about losing sleep, you're good. Would genuinely prefer not to. That would be my chosen superpower. You can have flight. I don't sleep. So when I've seen enough Shark Tanks to, to fake my way through this conversation, but when, <laughs> when you launch a business plan, you, you kind of have like a five-year plan and you, you kind of have projections of where things are going. Where do you think this is going to be in five years? Yeah, well, the the funny thing with this business, and it's a joke that we make all the time, is um, the acceleration is is so great. The, the demand for this, the, the demand, but more than that, I th- more importantly, I think, just as a word guy, that the, the, the underlying desire for another option uh, is so great that we, we can barely keep up um, and our plans change not just on the weekly but kind of on a, on a daily basis you gotta be nimble as they say we have to be very nimble on a corporate level but where I think it's going overall this stuff is not it's not a fad it's not a trend um the same way that veggie burgers weren't, that Greek right. yogurt wasn't, that these things that there was a time when it was a weird novelty, um, mm-hmm. and then now all of a sudden we can't imagine life without it. And I would happily drink this on the regular. Thank you. I recommend it. So, Easily found at uh, Binnie's, Total Wine, Amazon. Well, that's just it, too. I mean, I know there are craft breweries in and around the, the Chicago DMA that have been dying to get into Binnie's. It's, it's a hard nut to crack. You got right in. 
we did and and our goal was to go in on a very um calculated level because we knew this was a small this was a new product so we thought we'd go very small the plan was to start in three stores before it happened it was four stores um then it was six stores then we were on shelves doing demos and it was 10 stores then 12 stores and this isn't this really isn't us muscling it's it, that's what i mean when i say the underlying desire it's mm-hmm. demand is a marketing term i'm talking about desire people, yeah people want this will you stay in chicago uh me personally the brand, the brand. <laughs> yeah no, the brand will uh we are chicago born and bred see that's all i want to hear yeah no, are you kidding uh the, the brand's not going anywhere what about marcus i'm not going anywhere all right, good well i the winners are you know getting a little worrisome it's possible i uh you know I, i've lived vacation. here my entire life you you came from michigan right yeah i've lived here my entire life i i got to the point of absolute winter fatigue maybe beginning of December this year for the first time in my life I don't know what took me so long I bought a snowblower I finally bit the bullet changed my perspective on everything <laughs> so you you actually had shoveling fatigue so, well yeah and I lived on a corner lived I live on a corner so every time it snowed I'd have to shovel front of the house down the street to the alley in front of the garage garage to the back door and oh. sometimes I would shovel first thing in the morning on those bad snow days and by the time I got home it looked like nothing had ever happened yeah, no, that's uh, that's horrifying. Yeah, no. So <laughs> winters can take their uh, the winters. Emotions. Yeah, the winters do. The winters do. Um, the uh, I live in Roscoe Village, um, so I think if I got a snowblower, I'd have to get a uh, snowblowing route and go door to door and <laughs> make a little extra cash. Eh, just show up. Put it in the till for a ritual. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about your career as an author. Uh, it seems like you can't say your name without mentioning some sort of Hollywood connection these days. The most recent one I saw was with Will Smith, your most recent book. Yeah. Um, that's actually a really fun one because it's uh, it, it's one book before the last, uh, or one that was the series. is the uh, Brilliance Trilogy. So the first of the Brilliance Trilogy came out in around 2014. Um, and... It was very fortunate. It went at auction. Uh, Legendary bought it. Legendary Pictures. Mm -hmm. Will Smith was attached. It was happening. We were three weeks from shooting. They had a massive budget against it. They were spending on everything that goes into making a film. Three weeks before it starts uh, shooting. And everything explodes between uh, personality conflicts and schedules. And I don't know. Things I wasn't part of. Writer's the last guy on the list. <laughs> uh, so that was 2015 or so. Um, it's been back around. The book comes up again, has left, is no longer owned by the studio. Will Smith is still interested year, years in. Um, so he came He's back. A believer. He apparently really loves the thing, sees the possibility. So, yeah, he is. Will Smith has signed on to do it with Paramount. Um, we're finalizing details now, but uh, it's pretty exciting. And it makes sense. I mean, I think that's what Hollywood wants. They want a well-written, dependable franchise. And if you deliver a trilogy, that, that's that's money in the bank for Hollywood. That's a no-brainer. Honestly, you said well-written, and I zoned out. I was just happy there. <laughs> uh, uh, and then, you know, it's funny. I mentioned I was going to be interviewing you Um a lot of people mention, oh, my God, The Blade itself. I, I love that book. I, it's, one person said it's one of my top five books. Really? Ever. Yeah. Which, wow. It's fun to read that. What happened with that? Affleck got involved? 
Yeah, uh, early on, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's company uh, bought the rights to it. Uh, there was a screenplay put against it. That one, nothing in particular happened with. Um, I I have long suspected with, you know, all love Ben, no problem. I kind of think he bought it because he was making the town and he didn't want uh, competition. Which, you know, if so, that's a fucking chess move. That's exactly uh, what I was going to say. I, I, how, how upset can I be? That's, right. <laughs> that's a baller move. <laughs> it's a total baller move. So when, as you write, I'm sure it's not hard, but I should ask, is it hard to kind of put away any consideration like, oh, this is something that would totally connect with Hollywood. This could be a TV show. That's, is it hard to keep that purity of creativity? Well, I... I'd argue that I don't want to keep that purity of creativity, um, but nor do I want to write to this notion of this will make it a Hollywood blockbuster. Mm-hmm. First of all, because that's that usually just makes a steaming pile. Um, right. Uh, but we live in an era where more than ever, writing is actually starting to be valued in these other arenas, especially mm-hmm. with television, but that's trickling up to movies. Um, and... I'm, I mean, I grew up on movies. I'm not anti-movie. Uh, I couldn't write a book to be made into a movie, but when I write a scene, one of the many criteria is, would this look cool? Mm-hmm. Um, but this probably look cool on screen. It's also look cool in my brain, right? Yeah. I mean, the, so you think cinematically. We think cinematically. Mm-hmm. Mo- movies have informed our fantasies and vice versa in such a way that, of course, we think about would it look cool. And... We should think about that. That's why no one has made a good hacker movie, right? There's no good movie about the actual business of hacking. There's hackers who are somehow also, you know, Chris Hemsworth. Um, but like an actual hacker, it's not cinematically very interesting. Although I'm convinced uh, there's a book called American Kingpin about the guy who created the Silk Road. Yeah. The Amazon for drugs. I'm convinced they make that into a movie. It's a slam dunk. You know what? I read the Wired Magazine article that the writer of that mm-hmm. you know, wrote as a beginning, I, and I would agree that was a fascinating story. It's not hacking. It's him. T- it's, it's his moral story it's, from, like, surfer happy dude to ordering murder. Yeah, it's putting out hits on people. True. Not hacking, but it's still a dude, in fr- a geeky guy in front of a computer. For it's a, a geeky time. guy near a computer. He's putting hits out on people. Through the computer. <laughs> Not not in the movie. By the time the movie comes around, that's right. Uh, What's your writing ritual? Do you do you force yourself to write every day? Do you have like a? I've got to write. I used to. I used to. I used to. uh, And I I still recommend it to any aspiring writer. The best thing is to set yourself a. a, For me, it was a word count goal. Hours would do, but it's better to have it tied to something Mm -hmm. created. Um, And then you should feel real bad when you miss it like that's that self-hatred is part of the creative process you have to because no one's going to push you to do it other than yourself oh no and a book is 300 to 500 to 800 pages um and they are all blank when you start and (laughs) if you're lucky after you can sell the first one and you'll have a deadline but that's all it is is a deadline and that just means they won't give you any money if you don't meet it right it doesn't mean anybody's going to come in and help you so Beating yourself up if you don't deliver is an important part of the artistic process. It's un, it's unpopular to say it. I'm supposed to be all like muse and lovey, but it's a job, man. Show you up and to, do your job. You have to be disciplined. I, I have a line that uh, that's one of my favorites, which is like, plumbers don't get plumbers block. Like, they show up and they do their job. Exactly. 
So that's a, now I'm 10 books in, um, I just recently finished my 10th. I don't hold to the same rituals I did when I started because I've, well, God, it's because I've earned it. Because <laughs> yeah. I know how to do it now. And so I don't beat myself up if I don't get a daily word count. But it's always... The thing with writing a book, honestly, is it just it takes at least a year for me. Um, and it's in your head the entire time. Mm-hmm. And you're always uh, viewing life through that filter. And you're thinking about it. And it's in your dreams. And as long as you were stoking those creative fires genuinely, like you would a campfire, and just keeping it burning and aiming at intensity and then putting it on the page it can't just be daydreams for me at this point that's that means i'm doing okay do you miss doing tv no really no uh, tv was a surprise to me i was never had an aspiration for it what i miss about tv two things number one the crew i worked with is awesome just wonderful people and this was travel channel this was the travel channel but it was we sold it to the travel channel um so it was the the, the people that so actually bought made the yeah. thing yeah. um and then in this it was a brief lived one season show called hidden city where i uh explored the central crimes of a city that helped define its character was the was the conceit um and as part of that conceit i got to do just crazy shit uh and I miss the crazy shit. That's all. Yeah. Honestly, that's it. It's like so. I, I was pepper sprayed and I was attacked by dogs and I flew a plane and I went diving for pirate treasure and it's like, how would I not miss these things? How would you not? Um, well, but the pepper spray that's missable. The pepper spray was. Yeah. It was a. It was very intense. The pepper spray also uh, I did for free. <laughs> was, the pepper spray was part of the sizzle reel to sell the show. Oh my god! Uh, and it was only as my head snapped back and the pain started that it really broke through my brain that this was just like a hobbyist thing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, that was bad. That was bad. I don't recommend it. All right. So as we finish our uh, gin and tonics, ritual zero proof. Uh, thank you, by the way. Uh, I do want to mention Ritual. You can find it if you're watching in Chicago, if you're listening in Chicago. We mentioned it's at Binnie's. It's, it's at Binnie's. Look for it, order it, or get it through Bespoke Box. Like I mentioned, have it delivered to your home. Yep. Um, Amazon.com, RitualZeroProof.com. Oh, yeah, of course you can do it on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great thing. It's not alcohol. That's Of course. That makes perfect sense. I know. We had that revelation over and over. It's like, you can't ship alcohol... Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy this. And uh, to your point, this was a niche that had been unserved. I, and I, I really want to make clear, like, it's not about taking it away. It's just about adding more. Yeah. It's, about, it's not about having less. It's about having everything. When you're at that family dinner, when you're at Thanksgiving, and everyone's pretty much peaked, settle down, pour yourself a ritual zero-proof whiskey. There you go. Old-fashioned. Let the family take care of itself. Pour a half and half. When that uncle is starting to really annoy you, swap his whiskey for our whiskey. There, that's it. That's it. It's like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where he swaps out the... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Marcus, thank you for doing this. Thank hey, you. man, this was fun. This was really uh, I'm fun. sorry the police never came. I am also sorry about that. I actually sort of thought about crank dialing 911, but... Here's the good news. Return. They're probably fighting real crime and not wasting their time with... You know, small-time thugs like us. <laughs> and I say thug as I'm wearing a, a crew neck, a powder blue sweater. And I'm chilling uh, non-alcohol alcohol. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Carlin Carne is sponsored this week by CNH Financial Services. That's Marcus by Ritual. 
read his books on Amazon. Are you uh, before I finish? Uh, how do you where do you stand on audiobooks? Oh, I love audiobooks. I love audiobooks. Oh yeah, and they've 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 exploded too. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they used to be this small segment of the market. They're wonderful. I love audiobooks. Me too. Okay, there's my answer. All right, thank you for watching.